welcome to The Way of Godly Men, where our aim is to help men think deeply about masculinity, life, and culture from a Christian perspective. Welcome back to another episode of The Way of Godly Men. This is your host, Alex the Rebel, and I am here again with Pastor Joe. Hi, Alex. How you doing? And again, we have my good friend Peter doing the sound, doing a great, fantastic job. Say what's up. How's it going, man? Thank you. All right. So on this episode, I want to talk about something very important, and it's just the aspect of, you know, again, one aspect and one part of husband, right? Understanding our roles and understanding what God has called us to be as husband. So we're going to get right into it. So 28 years, that is a long, long, long time. And that's, you don't get to hear those a lot anymore, right? It's a lot of... 28 years is not that long. It is. It is for me. Well, you know, I've been married, what, 12 years, going on 13. And I've been with my wife, like... This is this has been the 17. shortest twenty eight years I've ever lived. No, it's uh, no, of course the same thing with me. I've been with my wife like you know I'm uh, in a relationship for seventeen years. It has been the the best seventeen years ever. Oh, so it's you know amazing. your wife is listening too? Is that yeah? Why you she said is it? listening. I love That's you, why babe, you, said you know? that. Yeah. So, <laughs> but so the thing, so. That's a long time, right? Um, Wait, no, we've no, 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 no. we've we've had time. some long weeks. Yeah. And even a couple long months. Right. But 28 years have been very short. So. Well, yeah, I get. Yes, okay. But you don't hear a lot of, you know, 28 years. You get those, when I when I get to hear the 50s and 70s, that, that makes me feel nice. And I'm like, that's awesome. So See, that's I know, why I said 28 years is not I know. Long. But it, it to some people, like Peter, I, how old are you, Peter? You're, I'm 30. There you go. See, just a, basically, you, you've been married as long as you've been alive. That's crazy. I know. I know you don't act more than seventeen. That's the thing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right. So, um, I think that there is a big thing about what was happening with marriages. Now that we're, you know, so we we got to the topic of the marriage. Um, I think a lot of people misunderstand the covenant that the man makes with his wife in front of God, right? Before God, right? Um and what I what I've noticed too that a lot of people they have this picture of marriage, what it's supposed to be like. And they get informed a lot by these Disney type movies, these, you know, we have to feel so falling in love all the time and it's always gonna be amazing. We're not gonna fight. We're gonna have sex all the time and it's going to be spectacular and and we're always going to get along and it you know they think if it's not like that then why stay married there's a lot of people that because of those quote-unquote feelings that they don't have for their wives anymore for seasons i just think a lot of people misunderstand what the covenant of marriage is like why shouldn't someone believe in this quote-unquote fictional version of marriage that people portray on movies and books and things because marriage is not that marriage is not only about the passionate feelings all the time for your wife and it's not about the great sex all the time it's not about that we're always going to get along that's not what marriage primarily is but a lot of people make huge decisions based on false ideas of what marriage is so 
talking to that, like, you know, just your experience of just seeing people um, giving up on marriage just because, and I'm not talking about, you know, the other circumstances. I'm, I'm just talking about the people that fall out of love, right? They have that misconception. Are we talking about people in general? Are we talking about professing Christians? Did you have one or the other in mind or not necessarily? So I would I would want to address specifically the, the Christian um, marriages because I think, again, we, our, our, our belief system, everything comes from the authority of Scripture and what God has said about us. So therefore, we should act accordingly, whereas the people in the world, they just, you know, they're doing whatever they want to do, you know. So. Okay, got you. So why not go in to marriage with a fairy tale uh, with assumption? Mm-hmm. I think this is what I heard. Yeah. With an assumption that this is going to be, if God gives us life and we don't die on our honeymoon, or one of us, that for the next 50 years or 28 years, it's going to be sheer bliss, mm-hmm. just like so much. In, let me let me just say this. I, I, the, the fairy tale part for me uh, in, in courtship, uh, in engagement, in most of the years of my marriage has been fairy tale to mm-hmm. me. But why not go in with the idea that that's what marriage is all about, and therefore, what you're saying is some people realize somewhere that got lost. Mm-hmm. After three kids and a lot of poopy diapers, that got lost. Out of lot, out of actually living with another human being who is of the opposite sex, and therefore, by, by is is really different than you are as a man, or you are as a woman. Why not go in it that way? Because you're going to be destroyed, and it's mm-hmm. going to destroy your marriage. Because you're going to be slapped in the face with reality. Because one one of the blessings of marriage for a Christian man or a Christian woman is God has you making a covenant. And it is not a covenant as long as I feel really good towards you, my wife, or mm-hmm. really good towards you, my husband, or as long as I feel sexually attracted to you at the moment. We can talk about all those things, and yeah. all those things are important. Mm-hmm. But it's not as, as long as, as long as, as long as, as long as, well, then we're good to go, and we won't split. It's not what a covenant of marriage is about. So God uses marriage. Uh, okay. It's not the only thing, but it's mm-hmm. one of the, the it's one of the biggest tools to break you. To what I mean by that, from our sin, to sanctify you. I know, I love it because here's thirty year old Peter over here. He's <laughs> he's laugh. Go ahead and laugh on the microphone. That's fine. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and I'm really making marriage seem attractive, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> It is. Yeah. If you is. really want to mm-hmm. love Jesus, this is the place where your selfishness mo- more than ever will be shown. It is so easy yeah. just to look in the, look in the mirror and agree with yourself for the next rest of your life. Mm-hmm. When you look into the mirror of another soul, who doesn't look at the world like you look at the world, not merely because you're a distinct person, but because you're a distinct sex, and you have to learn how to adjust. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that's room for sanctification now. 
for growing up, for maturing. So that's what real life is about. And so I find that false expectations are what is such, what can destroy marriage or a person who wants to to form their own small business or a person that wants to, and we can go on and on and on. Notice, there's something about being a realist and to understand what life is and, okay. Right. So, and that no, and that that helps a lot because what I what I noticed, and just like you, I've been blessed. Where seriously, I I can't remember like seasons of hardship. I mean, I I got married. The Lord has given me the greatest wife. I totally believe all that. I yeah. would like to interview Karina though. Yeah, she, no, I, I think she would say different, you know. <laughs> but uh, but seriously, um, like you, but I, I feel. Like I've seen it, it, it's like a unicorn sometimes, Pastor. My our marriages, seriously, like that. I get along with my wife. We laugh. We joke around. And I'm not saying it's easy all the time. We, there's discussion, disagreements, right? There, there's those things. But, but being with my wife has, like what you said, has been such a huge help for me, understanding what it is to be a person that thinks about somebody else other than themselves, like. It, because, you know, we're human, we're selfish by design, and being with my wife has helped me to understand what it is to love somebody else, what it is to care for their good, and what it is to, to die to yourself and do it what's best for the marriage, what's best for the relationship. And making those points, and I thank God, I think, you know, God is sovereign. We were, um, we did long distance for four years, right? And similar to you. She was 18 when I met her, I was 22. And but I would say the same thing. Those four on the long distance is super hard. It's not the norm, but it's been so, it was such a blessing for me and my wife because it forced me and my wife to talk, 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 talk. That's all. We I even bought a book that was a thousand questions, and in that book had very silly questions like, "Hey, what's your favorite team?" Right? But and then real deep and serious questions. So we got to know each other a lot. Yes. So through like what you're saying through marriage. That has helped me so much as a man. That has helped me so much as a Christian man, as understanding the sacrifice that Christ has done for the church. You know, in in, in retrospect, and, and it's been such a huge blessing. Like I love being married. Like I meet so many people, sadly, that are like, and I it hurts, but they're struggling so much, and it's just, I'm like, man, I I I, I praise the Lord that I'm not in that situation, right? And because. I died to myself, my wife, and and I think very early on, we were two years married when we met you, you and your mm-hmm. wife. And so we were still very young as a married couple, and I think that's helped us a lot because you, you helped me a lot. You spanked my face a lot with, a, uh, you know, get get it right, Alex, and, uh, you know, focus on the main thing, Alex. Put, put Focus on the main thing. And that really did help me. You gave me a, good, a lot of good advice when I had my first child, and it just... It's so many good things that that has helped shape me and my wife that I I really do see what you're saying about that part of sanctifying me as a person, right, in her as well, and it's just putting that effort. It's, it's just been a glorious thing, and I I do want to encourage people that that you know, like marriage is bigger than just saying I do. That's the whole point. It's a covenant. Like why it is so important. It is so important that you made this in front of God. 
a lot of people, I don't know, the way I feel sometimes that people kind of forget that part, right? Like, it, it's, oh, I just got married with Karina. And it's like, if like I didn't make a covenant with God, right? It's, it's crazy. Look, look, the biggest mistake is to go into marriage. Anyone who's, who, who, who's listening to this and they're professing baptized Christians, the biggest mistake is going into it thinking my marriage, my love for my wife, my love for my, this is awesome. That's the end goal. That's all it is. You missed it. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I would encourage anyone who loves Jesus and you're not even yet dating. I, I, I used to pray before I married Sonia, before I ever met Sonia. Please don't let me fall in love with somebody who doesn't love Jesus as much or more mm. than I do. Yeah, that's super important. Yeah. God, For me, God answered that prayer. I mm-hmm. am very fortunate. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is in the same situation. Right, right, right. Some marriages are much, much harder. Yeah. But th- another way to say what I'm going to say, so because I already, now I defined it. Let me just use the term. Be God-centered. Mm. Be radically Christ-centered. Let that be everything. And if you and if two people of the opposite sex are both that way and meet up and go under a covenant, the covenant of marriage that God ordained, they know that this covenant now exists because God, before He ever created anything, much less before he brought us two together. He created marriage in order to have a picture of Christ and his bride, the church. Mm -hmm. That's why he did it. Right. And if you're a Christian husband or a Christian wife, that's what your marriage is supposed to be about. That's what you're called to. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. Wives, Be submissive to your husbands as the church is to Christ. It is a parable of beauty of the most important marriage in all existence. Mm -hmm. Christ, the husband, bleeding and dying and suffering willingly for his bride the church and there will be a marriage supper one day that's what marriage at its core is all about mm-hmm. i mean it, it's hard enough at times in marriages some have a lot of hard time right 
But with, without having Christ and that reality, you know, as Paul said in Ephesians 5, I'm speaking of Christ and the church. Yeah. But nevertheless, now, husbands, love your wives, and wives, see to it that you respect your husbands. Mm-hmm. He's saying marriage did not come first. Mm-hmm. Christ on the cross and the redeemed whom God's given to the Son before God ever created was all planned out and came first. Therefore, mm-hmm. marriage is going to happen. Male and female is going to happen. The feminine, the masculine is going to happen. The leader, the submissive is going to happen in order to picture the beauty of Christ mm-hmm. in the church. Now, any of us who claim to love Jesus and we just want to spurn the scripture right there in Genesis, in Ephesians 5, we got to ask ourselves a question again. Do we really love Jesus? We might do, but that's the question we have to ask. You mentioned right now Ephesians 5 and what what is what marriage really was is about, right? The Christ and his bride. So one of the things that that also addresses, and you said it too, as Christ is the head of the church, as as and as husband, we are the head of the wife, right? And there's always been a lot of upheaval, right? For for you know, not because people misunderstand what that really means. Yeah. So what would you, how you know, just explain to the listener right now, what does Paul mean when he writes that the man is the head of the wife and the wife should submit to her husband. Like what is in the best way possible without, I am going to link your Ephesians. I'm going to link it guys, the Ephesians. He talked about this, but just for the listener right now and just explain a little bit of what is that? You know, how, how can we understand it better? Let me start just by reading. There you go. Segment called reading. (laughs) Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, just as Jesus, or Christ, is the head or the leader of the church, his body, mm-hmm. and he himself is its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, here it is. Mm-hmm. Husbands ought to listen to it. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Love. Your wives. Oh, no problem. <laughs> of course I love her. She's a great cook. She, she takes care of the kids really well for mm-hmm. me. Shops. She's pretty. The marriage bed. All love them. That's an easy one. Right. <laughs> totally missed it. Yeah. Husbands, love your wives. As Christ Mm -hmm. loved the church and gave himself up for her. Mm -hmm. That's what headship is. 
That's what leadership is. That's what the burden and the responsibility of being the head of your wife. That's what husbands are called to. He gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, the husbands should love their wives as their own physical bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but he nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So you asked me, well, you asked me a, 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 a few questions. Yeah. So what does it mean? Well, headship means the burden to love your wives, not in the way that you love chocolate. Right. <laughs> or your favorite dish. Or the sex that you get pleasure from. Mm-hmm. But it means in love them in the way that what's what is best for them. Mm. The Father gave to Jesus souls, and he died for those souls. Right. What he did was to do what's best for the bride right, right. to lay down. His life mm. for her. Right. I remember when my wife was pregnant with our third child. We have six. I can still remember sitting in Orange County at my sister's house where some family get together, barbecue or something. And I remember being in the living room and it ended up just my wife and I, and I don't remember what precipitated this, but most likely I did and and the way that I talked or did something. Mm -hmm. But then she just started to cry. Hmm. And I was stunned. And we had a conversation because what, what I just read there more and more became not my pattern. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got to tell you, I, I I loved and still love so much of what Sonia can do for me. Right, right. And does. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love her. Everything, that the way that God made her, I have an easy marriage. I know hard marriages. Yeah. I know there's a type. There's all kinds of types of women. I would. I, I don't know. Would I make it? Right. I know how sinful and broken. I mean, God's been very gracious to me. Amen. Me too. But here is the bottom line. What I just read from Ephesians five. 
I'm telling you, this was a conscious thought of mine as a Christian for many years. I would almost ignore the comparison with Christ. Mm. Because I thought, that is so unrealistic. Right. It's, it's unattainable. It's unattainable. Yeah. Ain't even going to go there. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and, and, it's, it, and it's what it did, it really cut the power of that passage out of my heart. Or really, mm. it or, or my sin was making way for not being accountable. But when I saw that day, how much, whatever pattern's been going on, and, and you, when you get into marriage, you know, a lot of times what happens is kids come, and kids come, and busyness comes, and diapers come, and then another kid comes, and, and on and on and on and on and on. Okay, and uh, this is where marriages can really hit the fire and, and, and the trouble if you don't focus on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I so through that, I'm, my wife is crying with yeah. pain because of the way I treat her. I thought I treated her okay. I mean, it don't hit you. Right. <laughs> I don't cuss at you. Right. Okay. But I might have been getting too gruff. But at the same time, it was like, yeah, she, I mean, she, she lays down her life. Mm-hmm. And me in other areas would have been more loving her. Probably not. Mm. And so... I remember that's when Ephesians 5, I, to myself, I took it after that conversation and I, re, and I wrote down just these, these letters, E-P-H period for Ephesians chapter 5. And I, I posted it, even though I was at another study than this study, but the yeah. exact same setup, and posted it hanging right there in front of me all the time and in front of my bookcase where I just looked straight at it and I knew exactly what it meant. You are to pursue that. Mm-hmm. You, are, you are to consider her needs uh, emotionally. Uh, not, not, not your needs. And you think, oh, I'll project my needs upon her. I would love to watch Notre Dame football today, or I would like to watch golf all day, so she should want to watch. No. That's, what, that's profoundly broken. Right. What is loving <clears throat> to her? And, and so the, the, and I, the bottom line is, I mean, I... I was felt so blessed that God intervened, broke into my life in my selfishness with Ephesians 5, and he really did. And it's like, oh, man, I got a chance to try to live this out a little bit better today right. and to grow in that. Yeah, And so I've been pretty much perfect ever since. Uh, uh, don't worry, Sonia is not going to be on rebuttal. So what is said here is... is... Is what it is, guys. <laughs> okay. So, but I, I sure hope anyone listening, they know, ex- they yeah. laughed immediately because yeah. they knew that was a joke. Yeah, of course. Yes. So, getting kind of digging into that, because so you said what it is, right? But also, you have seen, and I'm sure you've seen it maybe in, in maybe you know couples or you've seen it through, you know, television and, you know, because we, we live in a world where everything is out there, right? You, you see, People were talking about different marriages and how they break up and this all. Anyway, but how has Christian men in particular, I don't know if you experienced it personally or you just know of, abused this text? Because I know when, like, in my sin, 
if I could read that, right, and I could kind of, like you said, kind of forget that, that Christ, right, loved the church. If you could kind of, like, silence that a bit, that macho side of me, I'm, I'm the head. I make the decision. What I say goes, right? You submit to whatever I say. How have you seen that? Have you seen, or maybe through the experience of a couple, but how have people abused this tech? Maybe through, I don't know, preachings, different cult, different. Have you seen? Just, just with you, brother. Just me. Okay. Well, you know. Yeah, I have a lot of counseling with him. <laughs> no, that that's not true. Uh, have I seen it personally? I can't. I can't remember seeing it personally. Okay. Look, I've lived. A, a, I've been a small church guy all my life. Before I was a pastor, as a pastor, and it, for the most part, it's like, uh, you know, I guess I guess I could have seen it, mm-hmm. but they w- wouldn't have lasted long. Either it's going to reform, or they're going to. This ain't happening around here. Gotcha. But of course, I, I I've only heard of it mm-hmm. from a distance, and I don't know. I mean, so evidently, without out there within evangelicalism, fundamentalism. Uh, that th- th- there are men that think that way, and for the life of me, I I, I yeah I, I don't get it. So your question to me is what? So let's assume that's there now. What would I say? So no, um, what? How have you seen this these verse abused? Like, give me some ways that men, because there could be men listening right now that they probably abusing this and not. Purposely, maybe like maybe they have a real misunderstanding of what headship is. Like that means I I get to say whatever I want. This is this is my house. I'm in charge. I'm the boss. Like those kinds of uh, aspects of it. <laughs> I, I would start by saying, don't be stupid. You probably are married to a person who's smarter than you, wiser <laughs> than you. In, in so many areas, any good leader wants the best wisdom, input, counsel they can get. And therefore, if you know that your concept of leadership, unless your wife is, is utterly rebelling, rebelling against Christ... But let's assume that's not the case right now. And she doesn't feel loved. It might be because you're not obeying this text. Mm. Husbands, here's headship. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and laid his life down. Are you sure that you're not manipulating the situation? for your own selfish gain out of it. Mm. Now, stories that I hear, that seems to be exactly what they're talking about. And I, I would say, you, you better take it to heart, and you better question whether you know the Lord or not if you continue in that mm. kind of behavior. Right. Because it is disgusting, and judgment is coming. You are to lead your wife, not to dominate and abuse your wife verbally, or by not caring about her perspective and her feelings in your leadership. Thank you so much for listening to The Way of Godly Men. We really appreciate it, and we hope 
that you were blessed by the conversation. If you have any questions or you have any comments, you could just email us at thewayofgodlymen.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you and God bless.